Hi, this is John Patrick Barry. I play James Banks III and Brown Coats Redemption, and you're listening to Sci Fi Saturday Night. Sci Fi Saturday Night. Exterminate. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Saturday night. It's TalkCast 77, and in keeping with the theme of tonight's show, welcome to Anything Can Happen Evening, a show devoted to whatever comes our way. And we've got an echo to die for tonight. <laughs> and it's coming from Illustrator X. Which means Illustrator X has to turn down his speakers. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear every every scintillating decibel that comes out of you, Dome. Oh my! Area fifty one at the underground sub level twenty one of the broadcast studios of the Make a Fish Foundation. The vice president of Petra Joe Fan Club. I am the Dome. You're gonna have to turn that down, or I'm gonna have to kill you. How's that? Oh my! You tell me. Oh my! Still bad. No, no. <laughs> we, don't we, we don't hear any. Of course, you don't hear any echo. It's coming from you. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Headphones may be Anyways. the only way to go. Seriously, it's really obnoxious. For Christmas, I'm going to get you a headphone splitter. The personal penster, yeah. the winking inker from Beyond the Pale, Illustrator X. <laughs> Pull my show from Fox TV. You can't take my coat from me. And the woman who boycotted Count Chocula simply because there wasn't enough iron in it for a growing vampire. It's the dead redhead. Eyes melt, skin explodes, everybody dead. Okay. <laughs> from Outpost Alfred, <laughs> Indiana. You know him, you loved him, you named him in numerous paternity suits. It's Awake by Java. <laughs> I am currently wearing a suit and coming to you live from the Rock Hill Conference Room in the wonderful Marriott Car Courtyard Hotel, which means that I am awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we have a plethora of guests this evening. To oh, you know what? And from the Austin Brighton Hellmouth, the woman who named her cat Malcolm Reynolds just for the hell of it. It's no, Brianna. It, it wasn't for the hell of it. He really does aim to misbehave. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was no randomness there. None whatsoever. We have a plethora of guests this evening and keeping everybody interested in our first half hour. Tim Brown from Ask Sci-Fi to Air Brown Coach Redemption and the producer-director of Brown Coach Redemption, Michael Doherty, to answer some of the burning questions that have been flowing over the interwebs all day today. And Gentlemen, yesterday. And the day welcome. before. Sorry. Thank you. This is Tim. Hi, Tim. So, let's talk about where this started, what happened, where it came from, and what brought you to bring this to Facebook and the rest of the world. 
Well, I'm uh, I'm a fan of the film, of course, and you know, long time brown coat. Uh, I've uh, I'm no stranger to misbehavior. Uh, I've done guerrilla marketing before, when early on in the fandom. Uh, if y'all remember the uh, the big damn thank you at the one year anniversary of Serenity, we flooded uh, Universal Studios with thank you cards and crashed their computer sending thank you emails. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and uh, uh, I got to thinking about yeah. <laughs> I got to thinking about it and and uh, thinking of some way that we could help out Brown Code's redemption with the charity angle. And, well, why isn't it on television? And um, I'm sure there's a legal answer, but as a fan, I don't care about the legalese. Sci-fi was made to show Brown Coat's redemption. So uh, I they're, just they're went not on called Facebook sci-fi and tried until to do they it. do. Actually, we we call them Siffy. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, I want to thank you. Go ahead. I no, was... no, go right ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go I... right ahead. Okay, um, Rihanna, you, uh, you, by the way, have made my brown coat career because you referred to me as an instigator. Thank you. Oh, you're my welcome. My life is now complete. <laughs> you my are life an is instigator. now complete. My mother would be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we were, we yeah. were really but, excited. Uh, but I think the Sci-Fi Channel, or as it's fondly known on this podcast as Siffy, yeah, the Big Bang Theory copied yeah. us, not the other way around. Um, yeah. They don't deserve our respect while they're airing shit movies like Sharktopus and Mansquito. Oh, I and agree. We just I lost agree. our PG-13 But we don't movie. have too many forums, you know? <laughs> we don't have too many forums to get that out there. And it's really um, sad when the Science Fact Channel is, is airing Firefly. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. Especially if you examine the science, but never mind. <laughs> um, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think really though, um, and maybe Mike can Mike can give give us some light on this. Uh, I'm also curious as to why we um, may maybe we should try to get uh, Sci-Fi and Fox since they own the property, and uh, and maybe the Science Channel to do. Uh, public service announcements, you know, commercials for Brown Coast Redemption. It's for charity. That's probably going to be my next push. I, I, I really think a 90-minute public service announcement would be just about right, don't you? Yeah, I call it Brown Coast Redemption. That'd be very good. There you go. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, at this point, uh, let's yeah. bring in uh, Mike Doherty. Michael? Yes, sir. Michael? Oh, there you are. No, I'm here. Michael Doherty, longtime, longtime friend of the show. How are you, my friend? Oh, excellent. Excellent. Um, it was, uh, wow, it's a long day. <laughs> You're not kidding. I'll bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> Been an interesting day for us, too, uh, just kind of seeing the kind of traction that this story has taken on uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, Whedon forums like Whedon-esque. And by the way, if you Google Siffy airing Brown Coats Redemption, my Twitter comes up for some reason. 
Nice. Well done. <laughs> uh, cool. Thank you. So, you know, part of the uh, the questions that have been floating around in Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, on a number of forums, uh, I, I would like to actually go right to you, Tim, and right to you, Mike, and get a response from you on that just to see uh, um, what your take is on it, if you're game for something like that. What's your what's your specific question? Do you have one? We have many. Well, yeah, I've got a couple <laughs> of them. And people who are sitting in the chat room, Specifics. if you have any questions and you type Saturday them night. in, I, I will ask them of our prestigious guests. Okay, one of the questions okay, that I um, saw... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I have been disconnected um, this entire week, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you give me a quick rundown of what's going on? Oh, uh, go ahead, Tim. Uh, who wants to do that? Tim, well, you started this whole <laughs> well, thing. Um, Why don't you summarize it? Oh, I started it. Yeah, it's my fault. So here we go. <laughs> um, I simply went on uh, Facebook, and I, I decided to start a Facebook group, which was probably stupid. I should have just gone with a Facebook page. But uh, I started a Facebook group, and I simply, with a simple heading of Ask Sci-Fi to Air Brown Coats Redemption. And that's all this really is. It's uh, what we used to call an awareness campaign, where you just let people know, you know, that Brown Coat Redemption is out there, and that wouldn't it be cool if we could get it on the Sci-Fi Channel? And so simply email uh, or tweet uh, <laughs> Sci-Fi. Uh, their email is feedback at sci-fi.com. And just ask them. Say, hey, are you aware of Brown Coat Redemption? Wouldn't it be cool if you put that on the air? You know, it's for charity. Do it for charity. And uh, that's all this is. And it's a, it's a very simple, straightforward so, campaign. You know? So, so what happened when you did that? What happened? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the well, interwebs see, we exploded. posted it on fireflyfans.net and got over 2,000 reads. Uh, a rather interesting conversation developed on fireflyfans.net. Uh, on Facebook, I'm just almost all 100% support. Very few naysayers. Uh, there was an active debate on FireflyFans.net. Some, um, I won't name any names, but someone was questioning the legality of everything. And my, my response as a fan is, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I just let ask them, let them figure it out. Let them see that they could do something nice and that they could win back the faith of a lot of people. If they did this, I, I would just like to mention really quick and, uh, in so. in the chat room. Um, mm -hmm. I want to shout out to Mr. Dave twenty one seventy six because I was googling around on the web today and I came across his heartfelt post on the Siffy forum. So a plus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a question. Uh, that's who I think um, it is. <laughs> He's a friend. <laughs> hey, that's okay. How best kind? Let me ask. So how does airing a movie on a TV station become a charitable event? Well, okay, I want to I want to approach that one for a minute if I can. Um, you know, a number of networks have done a number of cause-related events. Now, nothing is more cause-related than this film because every dime of this film goes directly to five charities. So. 
if sci-fi were to air this movie for whatever reason and donate the money that it would get from those ads directly to those charities, well, what do you say? Or make up the rest of the money that the, the, that was gold by uh, big damn fan films for those charities. Anything like that. Could even do it. Or simply. Could even do it as a telephone. Absolutely. Telephone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Mike, so, um, could you just refresh our memory real quick? Which charities does Brown Coats Redemption support? Absolutely. It's uh, Equality Now, which is Joss's chosen charity, Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation, which is Adam Baldwin's chosen charity. Uh, Kids Need to Read, which is the charity Nathan Fillion co-founded with sci-fi author PJ Harisma. Al Wooten Jr. Heritage Center, which is Ron Glass's charity of choice because he's on the board. And Dyslexia Foundation because we were aware of Joel State's work with that. So, hmm. let's talk specifically so, now. Mike, and, and Tim, Mike, I want to get your input yeah. on, on a number of these questions that have been floating around. You specifically asked sci-fi. That was the question here. What? Let's have sci-fi air Brown Coach Redemption. One of the questions on Whedon-esque, and was dead, dead on the money, why would a cable network that doesn't even air Firefly anymore air a fan film about it? Tim? Well, for my part, on my part, I believe that uh, they, they might take an interest in it because... Uh, uh, now, I was told that Firefly, I mean, uh, yeah, um, Serenity is now back in the hands of, uh, of Fox. But at the time, I mistakenly believed that uh, uh, Serenity was still uh, a, a universal property, and guess who owned Sci-Fi? Um, Good point. But, uh, yeah, and, and that, was, that was the premise I was going under. Now I'm being told that Fox has gotten the rights back to Serenity somehow. And uh, that may very well be, but it's still, you know, try talking to Fox. <laughs> I don't really, you know, I, we may we may do a campaign where we try to talk Fox into it, but I'm a little. I think uh, Sci-Fi would be a little more amenable. They they ran they ran Firefly for over two years. Uh, the Firefly board still has more hits and and reads on it than some of their own programming uh, forum boards do. So it's, it's still a, a fairly popular board. Uh, brown coats do still go there. They have an audience, so I figured that was a, a good fit. I, I think it's a good fit as well. Michael, and I, think, I think it's a much better fit than the Science what do you Channel. Think? Um, I... I, one, I just want to publicly really thank Tim for doing this because, you know, when I was a jackass sitting in a Starbucks in 2008 with an idea with Steve <laughs> Fisher, this is not something we could have ever imagined. Um, I, I think it's an interesting concept. Sci-Fi will definitely air Firefly periodically. Um, they used to do it like an annual showing floating it all around. Uh, they'll show Serenity every show once in a while. Yeah, so um, I, I think... It's an idea that might actually have a bit of legs, whether they actually air it on their website or on the channel or on their on-demand service. You know, 
Kriana, you mentioned at the beginning that sci-fi is losing the sci-fi of, of the channel, and this would be a really great opportunity for them to get some buy-in with some fans. Absolutely. They need to reestablish their geek cred badly. No doubt. No doubt. I'm with you on that, Brianna. And I also think that this is a good campaign for the brown coats themselves because we're not we're not doing anything real pie in the sky. We're just simply asking them something. Hey, why don't you? And it, it does it does tend to bring us together, I think, things like this. Okay, now um in response um there was a person on Whedonesque who goes by the uh, moniker of Immortal who said, <clears throat> I just saw the trailer and I'm impressed. It's an incredible effort. And I'm paraphrasing just a little bit here. Uh, it'd be cool to have something like this uh, as a movie challenge, only let's lose the fan tag. These are independent derivative productions and they're good. Damn right. Maybe Sci-Fi would get behind that and put the winner up on Sci-Fi.com. How would you feel about something like that, Mike? Uh, actually, it's it's something that when this project ends September 1st, we're going to be taking a case study to every studio that has a property like Farscape or uh, SG-1 or BSG that are kind of dead properties. Not necessarily dead, but off the air. <coughs> and say, look, this is a way to keep that fandom alive. Do some good PR. And then, you know, Lucas saw this early on with, with ILM and with Star Wars. I mean... He created the the first ever company run fan film short award, you know. So Star Wars guys yep. can create a fan film, put it out there, it gets voted, and then they just get geek cred for creating the award winning you know Star Wars fan film. It does nothing but generate great press for the Star Wars people. Some street cred with the geeks for Lucas. Overall goodwill regarding Star Wars, you know. And it just keeps the fandom alive. I mean, Star Wars was a property that really didn't have anything except for the books for, what, 10 years? It's, it's a winning situation for everyone. Own. Nobody loses. Now, yeah, Star Trek is a similar... You said something... You said something interesting there, Mike, and I, and I just want to uh, touch base on that. When this project ends in September, I don't think a lot of people are aware of the fact that this project has a shelf life. Can you explain to it, to, to the audience, what we mean when you say that? Yeah, um, this is something we've been saying since the beginning, and I don't think a lot of people kind of caught on. Uh, and, and we didn't do a really good job coming out of the gate with it because we weren't quite sure how to present it. But Brown Coats Redemption itself has a shelf life from September 4th, 2010, when it premiered at Dragon Con, to September 1st, 2011 is the, the time where you'll be able to get the DVD, whether in person or on our website, and make a donation. And after that, uh, it will become almost a thing of legend, uh, in the sense that the DVDs won't <laughs> legally be available anymore. Um, and the reason for that is kind of twofold. One, we got really, really lucky in getting Joss's blessing and having Fox and Universal on board, being that we're a nonprofit charitable thing. And to go beyond a year really takes advantage of that kind of good grace that they gave us. Two, uh, we all know DVD sales in the, in the marketing world and, and merchandise industry. After like the first year, there's really not a lot of hype and, and attention that you could do to it. So you'll pick up some kind of stragglers here and there for sales and people will find it later on. 
but after a while, it just begins to decline. And what I did some research on was that the initial run of the first year of DVD sales do really, really well, and then after that, they start to kind of go down to the point that you're just maintaining. And to be honest, we're all doing this on a nine-to-five job. I I come I go to work at nine a.m. Come home around six p.m. You know, Kriana and the crew can tell you I'm normally online interacting for redemption in one way or another till like probably two o'clock in the morning, and then I do it all over again. And on the weekends, it's the same thing. Um, and when orders are coming in, where it's two or three orders a week to two or three orders a month, it's not a great use of time, and it's ultimately at three dollars per charity not a great benefit to the charity. And it doesn't make redemption feel special in any way because if it's just something you can get whenever and it doesn't have a shelf life, eh, you'll pick it up sometime. But if there's a end date when you know that it can be no longer gotten, people might be inspired to do something more. And that's the long-winded answer. Oh, that's yeah, a good and answer. My long-winded, my, my long-winded comment, if you don't mind, my long-winded comment is that, Mike, I'm going to buy five of those, by the way. You know, I've got the brown coat bash coming up in September, and I want to have some of those to uh, to uh, either sell at cost or uh, or give away as prizes at uh, the charity. I do a charity picnic every year, guys, uh, in, in Indiana. And, uh, and we do, uh, well, last year, Guess what we showed? We showed Brown Coats Redemption, thanks to Mike. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're you know uh, we're involved. And um, yeah, I want to buy five copies. I wish everybody listening would run out and buy some copies. And that's another reason why it would really behoove us if we could swing this and get it on television. He's on it, like he says, when we got a shelf life of a year. So uh, the more exposure and and sales and and income he can get from this film, the more he'll help the charities. And and so, in reality, like, it, uh, Mike, my, go ahead, Mike. You mentioned that you know um, going beyond a year might impede or or impair your good graces with Fox and and with Joss. And you know, what do you think this? Uh, initiative, the Sci-Fi Channel, or or getting Brown Coats Redemption on TV would do to that relationship. Um, well, to to be honest, as a derivative works project, Twentieth Century Fox technically owns Brown Coats Redemption. Um, that's the way it goes when you create any derivative works. If you get a license for it or otherwise, uh, the major studio who owns the like the the property owns derivative pieces. Uh, if Fox was okay with it, I don't think it would be a bad thing. It would, you know, have to be explained to them that it's a good PR move because I get the sense that most studios don't have a good sense of of what fandom means. Um, I've met some people at Fox who do completely get it, uh, so I can't say anything negative there. Um, what, as far as what it would mean to Joss, I, I don't know, and I don't want to presume, but. You know, know that just like we asked his permission in 2008, we're going to do it again if this comes up. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to get this actually on the air. If Sci-Fi says yes, and all of those moving parts, I, I'll turn heaven and earth to make it happen if they agree to it. So, um, but on the other side of the coin, as far as everything goes, even if this doesn't get on the air, as 
Tim said this is a really good awareness piece, and they're being really honest and sincere and saying that you know it may or may not happen, but the whole intent is to draw attention to redemption. And if the media attention could grab a hold of this the way they grabbed a hold of Help Nathan by Firefly, and people come on here and pick up copies of the DVD, what harm does that do? Right. Absolutely none. Thank you. I feel. Thank you. I feel vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I want to ask about another thing because you you were talking about applying the same type of model to other properties. Are there any other properties that that Mike you would be excited about tackling? Um, I would like to. Yeah, there's tons, man. I'm a huge geek, so I would love to attack everything from uh, Farscape on down the line. Um, it, it really depends. It's going to be a more up to who's who's up for it. I mean, I learned we learned as a crew a lot of lessons from this that you know we'd like to apply to whatever the next project is, and if we can make that next project another licensed thing like Fire Redemption was, and do great works for charity, be all up for it. Um, but whether it's Farscape or another Redemption or something. Ultimately, what needs to happen is the fans need to get behind it. And with fans like Tim and people supporting it, it's just proof in the in the pudding that taking this to a studio and saying this actually works is a very good and valid thing. Mike, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about what your past two weeks have been like? My past my past two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, this weekend, I think, is my first full weekend where I'm not leaving the state. Um, the weekend prior, I was at South by Southwest for the Interactive Film Festival. And the weekend before that, I was at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, Washington, promoting the film. So I, I literally got on a plane on Friday after work, went, flew out to Seattle, stayed there till a red eye in... Uh, on Sunday, got went to work from 9 a.m. till whatever I got off, and then uh, Friday, as soon as I got off of work, went, got on a plane and, and went and did the panel at South by Southwest, which um, we had a very amazing guest stop by that panel and uh, make some compliments that I'll be able to share on our Facebook page. Um, and then came back and I think next weekend I'll be heading to WonderCon in, in San Francisco. So my whole life lives around promoting this movie and going wherever people need me to do to keep it aware. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, call call All me right. envious. I mean, you know, hey. <laughs> Don't be envious, man. I am going totally broke for this thing. Well, I love to travel. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, I, I, I know that's cool, Mike. It really is. Speaking I of traveling, why well, I didn't you. make it to the picnic last year? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of traveling, we we are very very excited to be once again having the Brown Coats Redemption folks, which is pretty much Mike, at um, Granite Con in May. Absolutely. We're looking yeah. forward to having you with us, my friend. And you may and or may not have heard us heard it here first, but we are we are 
in the process of booking a showing of Brown Coat's Redemption directly after the con. So, if you that would be very cool on that by the end of the show. Yeah, we'll definitely have more information on it by the time the con rolls around, which is in May. But if you can get up to New Hampshire in May, Granite Con is super. Yep. And Illustrator X, you're echoing again. I was going to say, it's on a Sunday this year. It's Sunday, May 15th, and uh, for more information, go to dmcomics.com. Um, and Granite Con is going to be pretty big this year. Anyways, they've got Joe Hill, um, as well as a number of artists, and the Sci-Fi Saturday Night cast. Woo, Yay. We'll be there. Yay. <laughs> but we Yay. have limited edition print to sell to cover our gas money. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> or not. There we go. All right. So, That'll anyone else have any questions in the in the hopper, in the chat room? Mm. Oh, uh, here's one. We have a few news items before we bring in our next guest. Well, hang on, I, I've got I've got one more question here for Mr. Dave, who Tim apparently <laughs> is who you think it is. Um, and and he has a question for Mike. He says, "You mentioned in your SXSW about wrapping up Redemption as a test case. Did anyone say they might want that?" Um, I know a bunch of fans that are going to want it because we're going to make that information public and people have asked for it. As far as studios that want it, um, haven't heard anything yet, but it also means that we haven't hit the media threshold that we could have to get the awareness for it. So I'm, I'm fairly certain that once this is done and we've put out the numbers and put out the case study, that we may get some spites of people going, hey, let's just at least learn what they did. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. You know, the other thing that sets you guys apart from other movements who shall not be named within the Firefly fandom is is your transparency. Well, thank you. Well, thank uh, it's you. it's thank something. You. It's something that I I hold personally responsible for because um, when you're in a community as dedicated and kind of tightly knit as the Brown Coats, I mean, these guys have done everything from get Serenity back on in the theaters to, uh, you know, Bix creating Can't Stop a Serenity and raising hundreds of thousand dollars of charity just by showing Serenity once a year. You know, this, this is a community that deserves the respect and appreciation of somebody trying to work within it. Uh, and, and since 2008, it's my personal goal, and it's my personal goal, and I'm not holding anybody else accountable to my personal goal, that, you know, if I'm going to be doing this, especially if I'm doing it for charity, and I sure as shit, if I'm going to go get permission from people to do it, I want people to know who I am. So if they have any questions about our integrity, our um, project, or anything, that they could, they know who to ask. And, and that I would be you. Hold myself. <laughs> What's that? And that would be you. Yeah. And you know, you know, I think you're very well, forthcoming. <clears throat> you know, you have no. There's no hesitation there to talk to anybody about your project, and it's very clear to anyone who does talk to you how much you love Firefly, and you love this project, and you love the universe, and it's just, it's it's something that deserves respect. Thank you. Um, yeah, my wife wishes that she could shut me up sometimes, but then again, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you have that problem too, huh? Mike. <laughs> We're totally shocked at that one, Mike. Totally shocked. Stop Mike, it. You've got a yes, as big Mr. damn heart. Aww. <laughs> as Mr. Dave 21761 says, Mike has no fear. 
I have no fear. I have no shame. I will go to a letter opening if it means promoting redemption. <laughs> and in, in all honesty, as Kriana can attest, I will sleep on anyone's couch that they'll let me to go to a convention for redemption. Yeah, I can, I can testify to that, guys, guys. I can testify to that. When I did my picnic last year, we initially, Mike was going to come to Indiana and do our Brown Coats Backwoods Bash, but the uh, Maryland premiere was the same day. So he wasn't able to come. So instead, we sent him questions about the film. And he filmed us an interview, and and uh, Mr. Dave uh, came from Maryland and brought and brought the film and brought an interview with Dave. He's just the kind of guy he is, and uh, he'll do and, anything and to promote Dave's, his film. And I salute him for it. And Mr. Dave's absolutely right. The only person I fear <laughs> is my wife. That Shout out, and Andrew <laughs> Marnick ever seeing the Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I long as he has his puffs plus with lotion, I think he'll be fine. Yes, and so and Michael, you guys let me know. On... Go ahead, Mike. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, before you let me go, I just I just wanted to say that you know I've been having an amazing time watching the tw- Twitter stream of Miss Eliza Dushkanu. <laughs> I hate and... you. I hate you so much. <laughs> So oh. that was it. So, Mr. Dome, <laughs> sir. Yeah. <laughs> Had to find a way. Oh, before we go, before we go, I'd like to put out a thank you too to uh, Michael Welch, who uh, who came up with the uh, Facebook page as opposed to the Facebook group on uh, for uh, F Sci-Fi to uh, Air Brown Coast Redemption. He's been a big help, and thank you to Mike. Mike has uh, Mike has embraced this movement. And just as we have embraced him, there's a lot of embracing going on, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's very it's biblical, really cool, and <laughs> shiny. And uh, I want to thank thank all, thank you guys, especially for letting us come on and uh, and help spread the word about this. Thank you very much. You know, that's our job. Well, Bronco, that's what we exist to do. Broncos Redemption, it's, absolutely. Broncos yeah. Redemption is is a uh, cause and a film that's near and dear to us, and we've actually grown to to tolerate Mike quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you too, huh? <laughs> hey, Kriana, I guess he's sleeping. Yeah. yeah. Wait, he's on my couch again? Evidently. Hey, Mike, how do you feel about sheep? About what? <laughs> <laughs> For those of Don't you Don't go who... there, Mike. Stop, stop. <laughs> oh, 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 my. All right. But Mike, but Tim, I, I want to thank. The... Go ahead, Mike. I love internet delay. No, go ahead, though. <laughs> I, want, I want to thank you, Mike, uh, for being very forthcoming tonight and just being able to answer whatever questions came across the Twitter feed and, and the uh, and the universe here for you. And and Tim, I want to thank you very much for uh, for the the page and the group. And for the idea and sci-fi, get off your ass. It's time. Do the right thing. I, I, Stop showing Sharktopus and show this movie. <laughs> oh. I, I will say that if and if not, anybody wants to get behind it, you know, get on Twitter and at, it's at sci-fi. The I think their Facebook page is facebook.com slash forward slash sci-fi. 
Uh, Tim can give you all the information, and this is really Tim's campaign, and I'm just here to promote Tim, which is an awesome feeling, <laughs> considering this is based off of a crazy idea. So, and and we're just here to promote shit we like, and yeah, that's Brown Coats Redemption. <laughs> yeah, and we like this shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, well, you can find us on Facebook. Oh, you can find us on Facebook by simply going up to the uh, the search thing and just type the word "ask." We're the first thing that comes up. <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, and we'll have links to, to everything find. right on our website for people to go find it and join it. And the uh, the email address for feedback at sci-fi.com and everything else. Oh, yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to remind everybody that uh, Monday, Monday is uh, we're going to do a mass mailing. Everybody who's interested in this, everybody who wants to email sci-fi, let's do it Monday. You can do it today if you want. That's fine. You can do it tomorrow if you want. But Monday, let's get several hundred people to email at once. Damn, Skippy. You know, let's all email on Monday. Okay? And that way, that way, right. they might notice. Well, in, I in, think we're going to... To close out our brown coat section. Mike Doherty, go. We, ha we have Tanya... Tanya J from Wheaton Ask wants to know if she can ask a question in the chat room. Oh, go for it. Go for it. Tanya J. Okay, while while we're waiting for her, I'm gonna play this. Well, look at this! Here's a guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just that was feel good, wasn't it? <laughs> nice. Love that. Mm. Nice. Do we have Do we have the question? Not it's quite coming. yet. <laughs> the suspense <laughs> is killing me. Well, here we go. Well, it's while we're waiting. Don't forget that the uh, show's not over yet. I'm just so curious. I know we we have a whole second trimester <laughs> at this point. Alright. Oh the anticipation. Oh, I, I think <laughs> okay, here's I wonder She wants to know if I you're gonna do Brown Coast two electric boogaloo. Uh maybe even more redemption a la Doctor Horrible for, on the internet as episodes. As far as redemption, possibly not. I don't know. We'll see how it goes after September first. But I can tell you, and uh, if you ever speak to Andrew Marnik, we're actually in the process of coming up with a plan for the next project, which will start airing towards the end of August, or announcing towards the end of August. So keep tuned there. I'm sure now Alrighty, the chat room explodes of questions. On that note, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, Mike, Bye. we're going to see you in May at yep. GraniteCon. May 15th, is that right? Yes, it is. And uh, Browncoats, be there or or just be there. It's it's much better if you're there. Yeah. We won't have to get <laughs> Tim, violent. Tim, thank you Let's very much. And we'll... the second half of our show. Yeah, yeah, well, you're quite welcome. Good. Thank you very much. Alrighty, and we'll be checking yep. back with you in a couple weeks or, or months or so and, and see how the things are going. Or maybe oh, even next you. week. And uh, I've can I do a quick plug for uh, uh, Browncoats Backwoods Bash? is a charity picnic in southern Indiana. Um, there's an Indiana Browncoats Facebook page, 
and uh, a fourth annual Brown Coats Backwood Bash page on Facebook as well. So if anyone is in, in the Midwest is interested in that, check us out. And uh, thank you awesome. guys, really. I appreciate, I appreciate the all time. Right. And on that note. All right. On that note, gentlemen. Okay. That that was a note. <laughs> or, or it could Java, be. Java, it's, it's time to head into, uh, time to head into uh, news. Some quick hits news. Worst segue ever. We don't have a lot of time, so we're just going to rush through these things. And we need to you know start what? off with a little bit of awesome news because we just heard that Leonard Nimoy is 80. <gasps> Woo! And you because know what? I thought the awesome Make you news... live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> no, the awesome news that L- Leonard Nimoy is 80 is that uh, he was still better as Spock than anything else. Absolutely. <laughs> Although... Hey, now. Wait, no, no, no. Now you've got you've just ticked off the legions of fans of Transformers the movie who will fondly remember his performance as Galvatron. <laughs> or, or the people who are fondly looking forward to season four of Fringe. Okay, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to the chat room right now to Heather Aykroyd, See, who correctly I'm... guessed that the note was C sharp. Good job. <laughs> This is some of the best news that I've ever heard because I think that this is one of the first shows that Fox has actually not managed to kill over the course of its lifetime. And they just renewed Fringe for another season, which is unbelievable. As hard as they tried, they still can't kill it. I think what happened was they told them that, no, 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 Joss Whedon has nothing to do with this. (laughs) This one can live. Yeah, maybe. Even though Joss has nothing to do with it, Fringe continues to be excellent week after week. Yes. But no spoiler. Yes. I have no idea. I haven't seen the latest episode yet. So shut your okay, face. While not, while not spoiling the episode, I will tell you that the ratings for last night's show jumped precipitously up. Okay, and I just want to answer a chat room question. Yes, I have seen The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Fair enough. Good Lord. Yeah. I think we all have, we and we're that. all a little bit sad because of it. <laughs> Speak but we're not, what we're not sad about at all is the, the new Doctor Who prequel, which was just released, and I still haven't seen, so shut your face hole. That was a good segue. Um, <laughs> it's almost as cool as Fox being renew- renewing Fringe. Almost. And there are, I will just give you this little mini spoiler. There are no Stetsons. What? In the prequel. But Stetsons are cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But the, the, other, the other cool Doctor Who news is that Douglas Adams uh, wrote a story for the Doctor Who universe. <gasps> and, well, he wrote a few. Thank you. <laughs> but this is the one that never aired. <laughs> and this is the one that never aired, and they're turning it into a book. Woot woot. Yeah. And I just cannot Da-da. imagine how cool Douglas Adams is going to be in the Doctor, Doctor Who universe. Oh, and IO9 well, I seems mean, to think the that they picked a competent was put writer. On video. I mean, they cobbled together what footage they had. And you right. have Tom, Tom Baker's Tom Baker in his just like not glory. <laughs> it's like, okay, Mr. Baker, you just sit down here, take your medicine. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. But it's it's a great it is a great episode, and I'm really happy to they're gonna finally novelize it. I only hope it holds up against Douglas Adams' other novels. Well, on IO9, they seem to think that he picked um, a pretty good author to translate it into novel form, so they were optimistic. Cool. Very cool. And while we're talking about this, why don't we bring in uh, Mike Morency? Are, are we ready? Wait, did we lose Java? <sighs> kind of. He's trying to come back. Okay. Well, in, in that case, Michael M. And Monty. All right. Oh, what was that? <laughs> that was Michael joining the call, I believe. Yes, correct. Ah, Michael, are you there? I am, yeah. Ah, cool. Awesome. Hey, uh, you know, I, I wanted to give, let you guys know, uh, Monty got called to work, so he won't be joining Oh, us okay, then I'll stop trying to call him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, then yeah. you probably shouldn't call him. Oh, that's too bad. That's Monty too won't bad. be joining us? No, yeah, he got called to work, and uh, he apologized. Oh, that's all right. It oh. happens. I understand. Okay. I know well, what that's like. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Michael, thank you for being the most patient guest we've had so far. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we oh, we no do appreciate it. And I got to say, as the guest coordinator here on the show, I always appreciate it when a former guest, you know, rings me up out of the blue and says, can I please come back on? You know, makes my <laughs> job very easy. To the yes. Always happy to hear from our former guests. And uh, yeah, what's I, so I last time I talked, you were plugging the Sleepless Phoenix anthology. Uh, what's going on now? Um, well, I have a graphic novel with Monty um, that is coming out very soon. Um, it's called Quarantine. It's in the March previews right now, so that means a relief. Uh, it releases the end of May, May 26th, is its uh, release date through Diamond. Nice. Nice. Now, you've got a preview of it up on your website at uh, michaelmorrissey.com. And, and just for the record, are we mangling your last name? <laughs> is it's it Morrissey, Morrissey? Uh, you know, I... Morrissey, yeah. But, you know... I get so many variations, Maurice. I just say it. Maurice? <laughs> Again. Yeah. I never played the Smiths. Okay. <laughs> no. No, I never was part of the you know, British pop wave, no. Okay. No. Which is why you're so cheerful. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, you know, I checked out the preview there, and it looks like it's a, you know, you've got a pretty good, solid zombie story going on here. So tell us a little bit about Quarantine. Sure, yeah, absolutely, I'd love to. Um, quarantine, you're right, it is um, a, a graphic novel that fits in the zombie genre, um, and it's about uh, a small town in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and where we start the book in the preview, is, um, the town has been put under quarantine, uh, where the military has shut down all the borders, and no one can get in or out, and there's a group of survivors, uh, people who haven't been infected, um, by this mysterious something that I can't, you know, can't reveal here, but um, that haven't been infected and who are, you know, normal, who haven't, you know, transformed into these zombie-like creatures, more like zombies from, you know, the 28 Days Later brand of zombie. Um, and the book is about 
um, their fight, their fight for survival to an extent. Um, you know, I was less interested uh, in survival fiction um, as much as I was in uh, using quarantine as you know, kind of an allegory for uh, social uh, interaction, uh, social contracts, uh, and um, that's more what it's about. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a zombie horror at its in its at its heart. Um, but um, what what I was going for, what Monty, Monty and I are both going for, was uh, something a little bit more weighty. You know, something you can you know, no pun intended, sink your teeth into. Um, and hopefully we <laughs> succeed that. Oh. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been you know, I'm surprised that I didn't think of that pun right now. I should. <laughs> my goodness. Um, now, but my, yeah, let that, me ask. There, there's so much zombie stuff going on right now. Was it a conscious choice? Was this something that you had planned altogether, or um, why go with the zombie genre at this point? Um, no, it's definitely something that I hadn't planned. I started writing it um, like four years ago, where you know zombies were popular. You know, uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead had come out. Walking Dead was running. Um, but it had not um, exploded uh, the way it has um, now. Um, and to a degree, I guess it works in our favor. I mean, it's nice, but I think there's also a backlash, whereas people have zombie fatigue to a degree. Um, so we're trying to, you know, separate ourselves from that fatigue or from even the boom by saying, you know, it, it, it is a zombie book, but... Um, the zombie part is only a small, uh, an inspiration that we take from the, the genre. You know, it's a vehicle for telling a, a specific story that, um, you know, the zombies, we love zombies, but we could replace them with, you know, werewolves or vampires or something like that. You know, so... Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so well, the not, best zombie just, stories tend to be... Yeah, the best zombie stories don't tend to be about the zombies. They tend right. to be about the people and how they react to, you know, the fall of the world around them. Right. And how they make it out. You know, George Romero Absolutely. always said that his movies were, were like a social satire. Oh, they are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I would be lying if I didn't say, you know, I take a lot of inspiration from Romero. Um, you know, that original trilogy is um, so rich with, you know, social allegory and satire. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that filmmaking at the yeah. time, you know, I talk a lot about even John Carpenter it was a big inspiration on the book as well. Um, the way he used, you know, uh, these social interactions with a small number, a small enclosed group of people as a, you know, microcosm for looking, examining the way people interact. Um, it was a big, you know, big inspiration for what, what we were trying to achieve with the book. Nice. Nice. You know, you're talking to one of the stars of Day of the Dead here. Not a star. <laughs> <laughs> Our dead, really? our dead redhead, yes, tore out, was it Tasso's throat? Yes. Nice. <laughs> wow. Yes, I never get tired of that. that her first day, you know, she says, no, she says, come back to my place. I'm like, hey, all right. And it was even better. She showed me <laughs> how she ate somebody. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. You know, honest to God, Day of the Dead is my favorite trilogy. I love Day of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! No, that's amazing. That, I, that, I I didn't know that. That's way cool. Dawn still mine, but that's Dawn. okay. You just like the malls. I did. <laughs> I did. 
<laughs> well, that's great. So, no, I mean, quarantine looks good. So, I mean, now, is this just a self-contained book, or is this going to be a series of, of graphic novels? Well, it's self-contained to the degree that the, the story arc gets completed. Um, but, Monty and I do have plans for more. You know, I've already written the script for the next couple issues, and I know, should we get the opportunity to do another... Uh, another book because our publisher Marcosia they don't they don't uh, publish English they they publish books so if we were to have the opportunity right. to do another book we would definitely I know exactly what it what it uh, entails and uh, we'd love to be able to do so you know it depends on the strength of the sales and how much of a success it is or if it's not a success then then no more <laughs> but if it is then we you know hopefully hopefully get the opportunity to tell more of the story because um, it's a story I definitely definitely would love to tell. Um, but yeah, the, the, what Not you get in the trade is um, is the contained story. You know, the arc gets fulfilled. Nice, nice. Now I know. Now you said that. Um, I mean, it's being solicited in previews right now. It won't be released until May. But I did notice on your site you're having a release party at the Comic Vault next month. We are. Yeah, it's like a a pre-release. Uh, the Comic Vault. Um, been in my shop for a long time. Um, the owner there is Matt Sardo, is a really, really nice guy, and he uh, worked out a deal between myself and Marcosia, where he would get uh, you know limited copies of books. They had a little bit different cover, um, just like a special limited edition, and it would be released a little bit earlier, um, just for like a nice thing because Marcosia is in the UK, so traditionally you know they do launches and they do events, and obviously I can't really be out there and they can't be out here so you know we're able to arrange something with a third party which is uh comic vault which allowed us to do you know a, a book release you know launch event and uh Monty's coming in Monty's from lives in san francisco now and he's coming in for it and uh it's, it's a two-day event like friday night and saturday afternoon um uh, where it'd be the first opportunity for anybody to get the book and uh it should be great i'm looking forward to it nice they have a website you want to plug or yeah, it's, I think it's just chicagocomicball.com. Cool. Okay. And that'll that'll, that'll be in April the post for this this podcast too. We'll put that up in there, right, Dome? It is. It's uh, uh chicagocomicball.com. Yeah, I just looked at it. Yeah. And it's April 8th and 9th. So, Dome, you got that? Nice. Dome's not here? Dome Dome has passed out from from the uh intensity of the excitement. Well, somebody write that down <laughs> so that we can put it in the post. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm waiting for the dome to come back. Um, now you're actually, yeah, yeah. I hope you can filibuster. I'm uh, sorry, I didn't realize I was on mute. <laughs> were you just sitting there talking? Like, why can nobody hear me? <laughs> I'm sitting here talking, and nobody's hearing a word I'm saying. Was I supposed to do something? Yeah, write down uh, what was the URL? ChicagolandComics.com. Uh, ChicagoComicVault.com. Actually, don't put yourself back on mute. It was kind of nice. Oh, snap! <laughs> snap. They're going to have words later. <laughs> no, just a single word. It begins with you and ends with you're fired. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, he's in a hotel. Yeah, I know. That's two words. <laughs> There's a wait staff. 
<laughs> and Sci-Fi Saturday Night just became SmackDown. God, we're just as bad as Siffy right now. No, we're not. We're not airing Sharktopus. So no, we're not. But before we get into Mansquito versus Sharktopus, um, you have um, another series that's that's out now. Um, hoax hunters, and it's running in the back of Hack Slash. Yay! Um, Correct. First yeah. of all, congratulations yeah. on getting into Hack Slash. Woot! That's, yeah, the, the that's Polaroids awesome. that him paid off. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's but tell joke. us about Hoax Hunters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, hoax Hunters is a. Is a like you said, it's a series that, um, for the time being, is running uh, back up in Hackslash for uh, for the duration of 2011. And it's a series about uh, a group of people. It's, it's a, if you're familiar with like hoax or Mythbusters and Ghost Hunters, it's, it's, it's a you know, knock off of that, but um, in reverse. Um, the, the, the artist JM Ringa described it as you know, X-Files in reverse. Um, and what it is, is this group that likes a Mythbusters, but instead of where you know MythBusters goes and they prove, you know, myths to be false. They're proving real things to be false. You know, whereas they go out and show like Bigfoot that Bigfoot's really a myth that it's really just you know, uh, um, you know, guy in a costume wearing you know, wearing a watch or whatever the case may be, um, or chupacabra things along that line. But those things really exist, and they're proving them to be false. Their their objective is to make those things on their television program appear to be false when they're really true. And um, the series that we're running is about, <clears throat> the story that you'll find is about a um, mysterious astronaut surrounded by crows. Uh, it's, it's a myth that um, the co-writer and I, Steve Seeley, um, concocted, uh, you know, original myth. And um, their yeah. objective is to find out what the truth is behind that myth and debunk it, you know, find out the truth for themselves and debunk it publicly. Right. And uh, yeah, that's 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 the gist of it. Nice. And uh, so far, it's been fun. Are you People gonna like it? <laughs> now, are you gonna I'm collect sorry, this that? when when the run's over? Uh, I'm sorry. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I think it depends. You know, I think it depends on the, what image thinks. Uh, <laughs> You know, if they, it's like quarantine. You know, if they like it and uh, people respond well, then we'll do more. I mean, we'd love. Uh, essentially, when it's done uh, at the end of the year, it'll be enough material for a one shot. So, our idea, you know, in a perfect world, you know, we collected it as a one shot and released the story, you know, totally in one, you know, one collected book, and then hopefully do some of our own issues, start either, you know, a, a collection of mini series or a continuing series or, um, you know, whatever we're allowed to do. Um, Steve and I uh, have a lot of ideas for it, so um, there's so much that we'd love to do, so much, so much fun stuff. I mean, the, the, that world that we're exploring of myths and um, cryptozoology and things like that, I mean, there's, there's, there's limitless things that we can do, and um, it's a really fertile universe, so hopefully you know, we get an opportunity. You know, it's just a you know, pleasure to be in the back of uh, Hack Flash. It's great. Oh, my God. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's so many... I completely share your love of cryptozoology there. I mean, mm -hmm. just growing up in, oh, in the seventies with In Search of and all that, and and Eric Von Daniken books. It's Yay. you know this is right up my alley. I I'm really happy to see a story storyline like that. 
Now, you've got quarantine, you've got hoax hunters, and I noticed, uh, I saw online uh, the other day that the Sleepless Phoenix is doing some more stuff. Are you still involved with that as well? Uh, no, I'm not. I, um, you know, I, I loved being with them and, and putting out the anthology. It's something I'm definitely, you know, definitely proud of. Um, but, you know, with, with the comics writing and stuff coming out and, uh, just the regular, you know, grind of a full-time job and things like that. You know, my plate was just too full, and I, I had to leave, unfortunately. But yeah, I think they are—they're putting together another anthology, and I'm, I'm sure it'll be really good. I, I hope—I hope it's as much of a success as the first yeah. one. Well, you know, as Even as unfortunate so. as that is, um, I'm glad your plate is too full. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you. exactly. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, thanks so much. I mean, and uh, yeah, that's definitely. I'm I'm happy to be, um, I'm happy working regularly. You know, that's 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 a good thing to to be when you're trying to work. So <laughs> have people actually want to see your work. That's nice. <laughs> well, that's just um, it. You know, in, so yeah. in comics, so many of the, you know, it's it's become almost an industry standard for like a writer to be like, well, I'll put out a book every once in a while. You know, Alan Moore, Warren Ellis, looking at you guys. And Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin, oh, long since you, given up on you, that shit. You actually just did that, didn't you? You know. I went there. <laughs> <laughs> we continuously yeah, go there on this show. Holy crap. It's like, oh yeah. It's nice to, see, to talk to someone who's like, oh yeah, a real writer is someone who really writes. <laughs> You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I hopefully, you know, we'll have some more stuff come out this year. And, like, I have, I'm constantly writing. You know, I'm constantly working. You know, I just, um, you know, I'm just a diligent worker uh, in general. You know, I think it's just the uh, labor background of my, you know, my upbringing. Like, it, I feel bad if I'm not busy and working. So I try to stay busy in one way or another. I try to just keep going at it. And, yeah, I can't, you know, I, I can't envision a time where I'd be like, well, I'm just going to take a year off. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh. I'll, I'll really keep working. I don't know what I would do. If I'm no. not working, I have no idea what I would do with my time. You going to be doing any conventions? You coming up to the Northeast? Um, I might be coming to New York Comic Con. I wanted to go to Boston Comic Con, but it's weird because, you know, there was a big Chicago convention last weekend, and the Boston is in two, or next weekend, I believe, right? Is oh, Boston no. Comic-Con no, it's not until it's 30. Boston is April 30th and May 1st. Okay, yeah, at the end of April. I, I can't remember if it's the beginning or end of April, but um, my con plate is like, I haven't been able to like really nail things down until quarantine comes out, um, so I've missed some cons. You know, I wanted to go, like I said, I wanted to go to Chicago. I was at the Chicago Comic Con, but I, didn't, I wasn't able to do much. I wanted to go to Boston. I wanted to go to Emerald City, but you know, I have to wait till quarantine comes out. I mean, that's like the big... That's the big thing that I'm just kind of waiting for. But after that, you know, I'm going to be in the Midwest. Uh, I'm going to San Diego. Um, I'm going to Detroit, I believe, well, in September. Nice. Well, I got to tell you something. Um, just, just a little industry secret between us and the internet. Um, nobody goes sure. to San Diego Comic Con. All, <laughs> all the action is in Boston. That's where Sci-Fi Saturday Night's going to. be. And not only that, the Granite State Comic Con, the biggest con in the state of New Hampshire. <laughs> That's true. On Sunday, May fifteenth, where you can also meet the Sci-Fi Saturday Night staff. Just saying, you know. I'm gonna write that. I understand, you know, 
printing and all this, and you've got a schedule and previews and all that. But you know, just saying, just when you want to come play with the big boys here on the podcast world, just. <laughs> I would love to. I'm writing. I'm writing it down in Grant State. I'm gonna look into it, man. I can <laughs> make my way out there. That'd be awesome. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I just love going to cons, you know. And it's if I can go every weekend from like spring to fall, I totally would. I, even if I'm not, you know, at a table or whatever, I love going to cons. I love going through you know quarter bins and dollar bins. That's what I really, really love. You know, find pleasure in comics, finding old weird comics, you know, like Fong or Star Wars or whatever. You know, that's the kind of stuff I love to do. Oh my God, Star Wars! <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Starrier. <laughs> you have the whole, the whole Marvel Star Comics line. <laughs> yeah. Only last four issues, believe yes. it or not. <laughs> well, actually, Dome, if that's the case, are you missing any Alf comics <laughs> for the collection? Missing? No, I've never missed an Alf comic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> God. I got the latest Archie too, but I'm not talking. Totally not talking. Sorry about that. That's right. That's right. So you guys are making the fun round then. We're trying. Absolutely trying to. Well, let me ask you, Mike, um, as we're wrapping up here, what comics are you reading right now? Or do you have time Uh, to read any? You know, I read anything that Hickman puts out. I think is brilliant. Um, I think his Fantastic Four has been terrific. I think um, Wait, the image stuff is amazing. I didn't catch that. What's that? Oh, what Hickman stuff. Um, uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, From Anna, uh, I can't Hickman. hear him. I can hear both of you, so I'm not Jonathan sure. Hickman. Jonathan Hickman. You said yeah. Jonathan Hickman? Yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Image nice. has been putting out some just really, really great stuff lately. You know, Who is Jake Ellis is really strong. Um, right. You know, The Intrepid, first issues came out. That's really good. Um, a book called Non-Player mm-hmm. looks awesome. Um, I read Hack Slash. I've been reading Hack Slash before. I had anything to do with Hackslash. I love that series. Uh, Lock and Key is amazing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, some of the best. DM- What's, it's nice it bounced back because I remember for a, like just even a few years ago, I remember everyone just dismissing Image as well. That's, that's the Spawn comic company. And I was like, you know, they used to really be something. And now it's, you're right, the diversity you know, is back. They've got a lot of great I'll, titles. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I started reading comics just a, less than half a year ago, right? And if I was to list all of my the, my favorite comics that I read, I would say probably six out of the top ten are Image comics. I think they're doing some amazing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. They they're always kind of good, but I don't know what changed where they just kind of they just started picking up new creators taking risks on things that they wouldn't have done before and it's definitely paid off for them. I mean, they, they, they definitely, like you said, they're a lot more diverse than they once were and um, they're really, really doing great. I mean, they're kind of having a renaissance right now and it's, it's really kind of cool to see. Um, 
to see them bouncing back. Um, them only press some great stuff. Stumptown I thought was fantastic. Sweet. The Six Gun is really good. Yep. Um, what else? Uncanny X Force. I love Reminder, so I read that. That's terrific. <laughs> so I, I guess I have a lot of time for comics. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, oh, you're busy. I read. Writing. I read at lunch. Yeah, yeah you gotta find stuff to rip off. So. Right All right, so. Is it is it that time? It is. It is about I think that so much for coming on. Yeah. yeah. You're a little early. It's the coming up calendar. Am I early? Next week. Mystery guest. You don't know. We don't know. Let's be on. Are you kidding me right now? Hello. Are you kidding me right now? Because this totally worked when we weren't recording. I'm sorry, what did you say? Um, is this gonna work? Give it a try. Go ahead, try it out. Have we lost Illustrator X? Diana? Yes. Hello. Hello. Okay. There we go. Yes. Yes. I was like, you said something. I couldn't hear you because the music was loud. What mm. did you say? I, I, the music isn't loud, and I was saying, are you kidding me? Because this totally worked when we tested it right before the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. everyone, the moral of this story is that no, we can't win. <laughs> but we but can we're still read the trying anyway. Sure, go ahead. There That's we right. go. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we strive to improve for you, the listener. Every time. So, on April 9th, we have Boston Comic Con artist and the creator of Strangers in Paradise and Echo, Terry Moore, will be our guest. Woo! Then on April 16th, we are going to grill Colin Solon with your questions, quizzes, and queries about this year's Boston Comic Con. On April 23rd, filmmaker Thomas Gofton returns to celebrate the conclusion of his web series, Mind's Eye. On April 30th and May 1st, meet the Sci-Fi Saturday Night cast at the Boston Comic Con and listen to our Boston Comic Con special on April 30th. And then, May 7th, our author's special series returns. We do a Robert Anton Wilson tribute featuring the disinformation and dangerous minds founder, Richard Metzger. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con coming up on April 30th and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is one of the official podcasts of the Granite State Comic-Con coming up on May 15th. Check out AnotherHeaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs and visit adamsmedia.com, the first name in nonfiction publishing. Tonight's outro music, just <coughs> hum it in your heads, provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes so you can hear it. Dome? I want to thank all our guests tonight. Tim Brown from the Ask Sci-Fi to Air Brown Coach Redemption. 
fan Facebook page and producer director of Brown Coach Reduction, Michael Doherty, and Michael Morency with his new graphic novel, Quarantined. Not yet released yet, but we'll send you the uh, link so that when it is, you can check it out. Uh, from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, thank you for all that you do. We tested it. It didn't work. We'll keep trying. I hate my life. <laughs> from the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you to Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. There's no place that we can be since we've found serenity. There's no place like home either. <laughs> As Bender would say, so there's no there, place like my ass. You were there, and you were there. <laughs> <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey, our gaming editor sitting alone in, in a room at a hotel. Java, thank you for joining us tonight. Alone? The concierge just walked in with my steak. It smells divine. <laughs> and this is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Yeah, pretend the music is fading right now. And... Music fades, music fades, music fades, and... <laughs>